Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Okay, we're talking about um, gifts of faith. We, we, we started out uh, about last month talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestational gifts of the Spirit, um, and which is, which is very, very important to, to, to walk in God's manifest presence and, and, and see him manifest his, his, his presence. Just so much to impact here. So I'm just standing on the nine gifts of the Spirit. We, um, we already went over, went over the, the revelation gifts. Uh, there's nine elements of the revelation gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. Uh, now we're on the power gifts. The power gifts, that's, that's, that's the real fun gifts. <laughs> Faith, miracles, and healings. We just, got to, we just got to know them. And so that's why we're teaching it. Um, and then uh, we'll go to the vocal gifts, which is tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy um, later as we get to it. So, so last week we started on faith, and we were talking about the gift of faith, and really talking about more or less what the gift of faith is, is not. And um, anyway, let's just start. I, I'll run over real fast um, here where I put start 5-4, so since we know that's not to um, confuse us. But we started our last, last week, special faith or the gift of faith. Um, is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby believers in power with special faith are one to work in faith. And it is beyond simple saving faith. So I'll just, just, just a quick reminder, um, simple saving faith or, and I don't, I don't use the word simple as anything simple to it or, or one is better than the other or anything like that. But, but um, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Uh, so they can, that can happen while you're reading the word or sitting in a, um, and, and, and teaching like you're sitting here or preaching, um, listening to worship music, getting the, getting the word of God in you, and, and it builds up your faith. It builds up your faith. And um, that's the kind of faith that w- when, you're, when you're saved, uh, you come to know the Lord, is someone has shared the word of God with you. It doesn't have to be a preacher. It could be a co-worker. It could be a family member. It could be anybody, but it's the word of God. Um, whether it's a, don't have to be a sermon. It could just be somebody tell them, say, Hey, Jesus loves you. And he gave his life for you. And he, he'll take you just the way you are. Um, you know, some people's gotten born again off some of the greatest, by the greatest, um, evangelists in all the world. And, and some by the person who, you know, don't know any scripture outside of John three sixteen. but God's word is powerful and it can handle anything. And so, so that word gives you the faith to, Call upon his name and have faith that he's going to hear you. And then by faith you believe that not only does he hear you, but he answers you. And he completely forgives you of all your sins. And the guilt for receiving that forgiveness of his sins is you get to have eternal life. You get to live forever with him. And all that's by faith. All that's by faith. And so that's why we call it saving faith or general faith. And all that came because somebody shared a word. Somebody preached a word. That's all you got to do. It's just share the word. And, um, and so we have that. And we, and we live our life every day by that faith. By, the, by that faith that Jesus is who he says he is. Which is the son of God. He can do what he says he can do. Uh, we can have what he says we can have. Come on. And we can be who he says we can be. We just believe it. As Kim spoke Sunday, even though we haven't seen it. 
Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Everything about Christianity is wrapped up by faith. Everything by faith. We believe in a God we've never seen. That we're going to a heaven we've never, we, we never seen and never been to. And we live every single day with that truth. Amen. And so that's faith. And, and, we, and we'll teach you a little bit tonight about what all that faith can do. Well, so once we get to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and you can start out, you can go home and read if you're just visiting tonight, 12, 7 um, through you know, 12 or so, you'll, you'll, you'll see these nine gifts of the Spirit that we've been talking about, the nine gifts, faith, miracles, and healings are in there. Um, and, and so now you see a manifestational gift of faith. So this is the gift of faith. Um, this is the faith that you receive because you are a believer. You are a born-again Christian. This is a gift that now the prerequisite of receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that you have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Is everybody with me? Because a Christian is not someone who just comes to church. A Christian is not someone who just carries a Bible. And a Christian is someone that says, hey, I'm a Christian. A Christian is someone that is fine by that person in which the Holy Spirit lives in. Amen. How do we know? We believe by faith that, he's, that he lives on the inside of us. The same spirit that hovered upon the face of the deep in the beginning is hovering over the inside of you right now. Oh, hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth became void and without form and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord began to move upon the face of the waters. That's, and then God said, that same, it's not a different spirit. The same Holy Spirit that moved upon the face of the waters in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is the same Holy Spirit that's hovering over you. And anytime the Holy Spirit begins to move over your life, get ready for God to speak. Spirit moves, God speaks. Anyway, that's what Genesis said. So he started that way, and that's the way it is. So anyway, so the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so now that we have it, then we, we can... Sign up if we will, if you will, or you can make yourself by faith available. Make yourself available. Let's put it this way. Make yourself available by faith that you can receive these gifts. Do you know what I just said? Remember, everything about this is by faith. You've got to believe you can receive it. Amen. So whenever you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you say, okay, what we need is, is the Holy Spirit to baptize us in his presence. He lives in us. Need him to baptize us, just overwhelm us, take over us. Then we need to believe that by faith, if you believe you can receive it, then that's how you get it. You don't receive anything by God any other way except for by faith. Amen. Well, I don't know, man. I've seen people get saved and they cry and doesn't laugh, doesn't do anything else. Well, that's a demonstration of what happened to them. That's not the manifestation. That's not a prerequisite to get it. That's a response because they got it. All right? 
Well, I've seen people touched by the Holy Spirit of God, and I've seen them fall the Spirit. I've seen them shout. I've seen them speak in tongues, and all kind of stuff. That's not the manifestation. That's the demonstration that the manifestation has come upon them. Don't get confused of the manifestation and the demonstration that or the evidence of, of that. Everything we receive is not by how you respond. It's by faith. And everybody's going to respond differently. So all that to say this, which is not in any of our notes. So to receive these gifts, we receive it by faith. Now, to receive the gift of faith, which, which, which is ironic, you receive the gift of faith by faith. So there's got to be a difference then than the gift of faith than faith. So the gift of faith, I gave you a definition last week, is to believe God for something that you couldn't believe God for with ordinary faith. Do I understand that? I mean, I got faith because I read my Bible. I got faith because I've got experience on what God has done. So many things through his word. God has never left and never forsake me. God, he's done what he says he's going to do. Even when he didn't do what I thought he, could, he was going to do and what I wanted him to do, it still came out better than what I wanted. So we have that. So we, so we, we, we have that faith. And so, so we receive it. And now this, this is the supernatural faith that, that you can't, you can't listen to enough sermons. You can't hear, sing enough songs. You can't sit there with everything you want. I mean, this just comes upon you. It's a manifestation of God that comes upon you in what you've been, what you've been fasting, what you've been reading, what you've been believing, what you've been saying, what you've been writing down on your, on your note cards and everything else. And, and just, just, trying to, just trying to stay on that word, trying to believe God for it. Just, it just just manifests on you and you're like, you know that it's, it's going to happen. Okay? Um, one thing that to walk, in the manifest, to walk in the manifestations of God, you have to believe in the manifestations of God. You can write that down. I didn't write it down up here. To walk in the manifestations of God, you have to believe in the manifestations of God. Well, I belong to a denomination that says the manifestations of God has stopped. Well, daggone, the devil does have more power than God. Then. If he can stop anything that God has started. I need to get off of this quick. Nowhere in the Bible does anything that God has started or God has promised a man has the enemy or can the enemy stop. So for someone to say that they don't believe that they can walk and the manifestation of gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of faith, gifts of miracles, or gifts of healings, or any of the, the vocal gifts, is to not believe in the manifestations of God. I'm here to tell you right now, and thank God for it, that God is still manifesting his presence. And if he's not, we all need to go home and lock the doors and, and, and say, Maranatha, Hmm? Okay? So, <clears throat> when someone says, I don't believe in the manifestation of gifts of God, don't any argue with them. Don't, don't, waste your, don't waste your time with it. They just don't believe in the manifestations of God. Don't believe you can walk in it. Don't believe in it. Uh, okay? So, believe in the manifestations of God. 
and, and, and the Bible's full of greater, he says, Jesus says, greater works than these shall you do. Okay? Okay. <clears throat> so, that gets us where, right here last week, how many was here last week? Raise your hand, big and tall. Y'all were about to, y'all were about to rebel. Y'all, y'all were, I mean, y'all got right. I mean, go on, keep, go to the next thing. Go to, go to the green. I said, No. Then someone told me this a couple of days ago. I said, I'm going, why did you stop? I said, I didn't have time. I didn't want to rush through it. Then they said, but, but you're going to, I said, but I'm going to do it this Wednesday. And they said, were you going to forget? <laughs> I ain't going to mention any names, Melanie Bryant, but that's what they said. <laughs> I'm going to forget. Melly, I resemble that remark, so don't say that. <laughs> so, I've been praying, but it's like, God, please don't let me, please let me find that same vein. So two-way, so let's go to two-way. That, that's the one of our team meetings. So if y'all want to know what goes on in our staff meetings, that's some of the stuff that happens. Two-way, the Bible teaches there are three contacts for healing faith, for healing faith. I want to talk about healing faith. Well, let me back up. Let me put up a little bit. Um, because I, I talked about the gift, of, the gift of faith. Let's read this real fast. The gift of faith is the greatest of all three of the power gifts, which are faith, miracles, and healings. The gift of faith is a gift of the Spirit to believe in order that he might receive a miracle. So God will give you the gift of faith will come upon you so that you can receive something. Okay? The gift of faith is a gift of the Spirit to the believer in order that he might receive a miracle. The working of a miracle is a gift of the Spirit given to a believer that he might work a miracle. One gift receives and the other one does something. So, so, there, 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 so, so under the power gifts, there's a gift of faith, there's a gift of miracles, and there's a gift of healings. The gift of faith receives. I'm going to teach you Definitely on miracles and healings, and the gift of, of miracles and the gifts of healings do something. They, they, they work closely together. It's like I taught you back in the Revelation gifts that the words of wisdom and words of knowledge work very close together. Even the sermon of spirit, they all work very close together. Um, so you can't work a miracle unless you receive the gift of faith. And that gift of faith is going to come upon you to believe God. That he can use someone like you to work a miracle in someone's life. <sighs> Crowd went crazy. Amen. Well, I don't believe in the manifestation of I don't believe I can walk in the manifestation of God. Well, then you don't believe that in the manifestation of God that He can't do it. I'm here to tell you. He can do it. And there's a world out there that is lost and dying and waiting and saying, please, guys, get it. Game plan is over. The devil knows, man, it's, it's, the hourglass is shrinking and shrinking. And there's a world out there that is lost and dying. And they're just waiting for us to quit just attending church and start being a church and believing that God can do everything that he says that we can do right here in this book. Amen? So, let's, let's teach you on this. When you receive a miracle, you're not, you, you receive a miracle, you, you work the miracle. 
Uh, so anyway, let's, so that's why I want to, but when you work a miracle, you perform a miracle under the unction of the Holy Spirit, under the working of the Holy Spirit, okay? So the Bible, two-way. So the Bible teaches there are, there are three contacts for healing faith. The first one is the faith of the one being healed, okay? The Bible also teaches the second is the faith of others on behalf of, of the afflicted or the one needs to be healed. And the third one is the faith of the one who God has anointed to heal. You need one of these three. The faith of the one that needs to be healed, the faith of the ones who are, are, are praying or believing on behalf, and the one that God is using to be healed. Amen. Um, that's, that's just what the Bible teaches. So, um, so let's, let's go to Matthew nine twenty seven. I'm going to read this out of the passion guys. If you want to throw it up there, if, if not, that's fine. I'll read it just cause I like it out of this one. Um, passion, passion translation, Matthew chapter nine, verse 27, Matthew nine twenty seven. As Jesus left the house, two blind men became, began following him shouting over and over son of David. Have mercy. Show us mercy and heal us. Always like Son of David. Let me just throw here and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with some, some Bible study here. This is the first time that someone has approached Jesus or has, has um, titled him as royalty, as, as king. Son of David, David is a king, and now they see him as the Messiah, as the king. It's very important. Um, and they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? And they replied, what? Well, that was pitiful. <laughs> what did they say? Yes, Lord, we believe. And they teach y'all how to read with expression in third grade. Elena, can you tutor some of my students here? They need it. Yes, Lord. We believe. Oh, hallelujah. If there's a question concerning God's will to heal you, perfect faith cannot exist. But wherever there's perfect faith, God can always move. Do you believe that God can do this? Oh, yes. Get ready, church. Amen. So here, um, so here we see it. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and says, you have what your faith expects. See, it's the, it's the one based on, on, on the one receiving here. And instantly their eyes was open and they could see. Then Jesus warned them sternly. And, and we go through that. It's a different teaching. So, so we see here, it's the faith of the one being healed. Amen. Um. So we see now the second one, the faith of others on behalf of the afflicted, the faith of the other one. So let's, so let's see, we got someone that is, that is struggling. So let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter number eight. One of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, um, one of the first revivals I ever did. I, I preached this centurion. He helped me out a lot. Matthew eight and verse five. Now, when Jesus came and entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. See, look at the difference here in, in the two stories. Saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. 
And Jesus said to him, I will come and I will heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Wow. Boy, that's faith. Boy, to speak your word. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. In other words, I understand authority. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I said to you, I have not found so much, what? Great faith, or faith, not in all of Israel. So I said to you that many will come from the east and west. And Abraham, anyway, go to verse 12. But the sons, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out. Anyway, verse, I ain't going to go teach that either. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to Centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. So it's the level of his faith. Not at the one who needed the healing. But of the one who was believing on their behalf. I don't know about you, but I want some friends like that in my life. I want some church friends like that in my life. I want some Bible-believing people to believe that even when I, can, when I cannot believe that they can believe for me. Hmm? God wants us to believe without proof or without evidence. There was no proof and there was no evidence that Jesus had done. Just a little footnote here. That Jesus had done what he said he had done. But Jesus said, remember, they're, not, they're nowhere near his house. And Jesus says, okay, then, then go back to your house and he'll be healed. He says, all right, thank you. They have, this centurion has no proof and he has no evidence. But he left believing, knowing that when he gets that, that, that servant's house, he's going to be healed. Hallelujah. I have absolutely positively no, no, no proof or no evidence that God has done what he said he's going to do. But I do know when that, when that time comes, I'm going to see that proof and that evidence that he did and he can do what he said he's going to do. That's faith. Amen? On behalf, not even the one that's sick. Let's do another one. We had so much fun with that one. Let's go to 17. Matthew chapter number 17. And verse number 15. 17 and 15. Well, let's go to 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he oftentimes falls into the fire and oftentimes into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. These are church folks. Then Jesus answered and said to him, and said in the, in the presence of the congregation, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon 
And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Now, now here's the whole point. This is, this is, this is the dad. Took him to church, took him to the deacons, took him to the pastor, took everybody else, and they couldn't do it. And he just didn't, he just didn't say, well, I guess that's the way it was. He kept right on digging. Amen? The effect, the affected, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. He just kept on coming after it. Until then he, he got Jesus' attention. And so now here Jesus dealing with this. So Jesus he says, and, and they come to him, and disciples came to Jesus privately and says, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus answered them, because of your unbelief. For surely I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, I dipped into this a little bit in closing the Sunday, you will say to this mountain, let me, let me stop and say mustard seed. Remember, the mustard seed, and we always want to use it as the evidence of the smallest seed, in which it is. But the mustard seed plant, which is a bush, not a tree, is a bush, is the largest, most foolish bush that there is. So out of the smallest seed can come the largest outcome. In other words, you don't need the largest seed to have the largest bush. All it takes is a little bit. So he's not trying to freak them out and say, you need, you know, you need a PhD and, you know, you need LMNOP and you need everything else in alphabet. Just making sure y'all still listening. All this stuff we think we got to have, all you got to do is believe that God can do it. That's what he's saying. All right, anyway, I like these key words here. I wrote, it was down here. This is what I was excited about last week. So let's see if we can get back excited again. Because of your unbelief, surely I said to you, if you have faith in mustard seed, you would say to this mountain. Everybody say mountain. Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. All right, so here's what I wrote down. First of all, um, in, in verse 17, he starts out with, oh, faithless. That means unbelieving. Sometimes we hear these words in the Bible, it says faithless. That means unbelieving. He looks at him, he just says, first of all, the whole problem is, is you don't believe I can do it. You're unbelieving. Remember, I told you last week that, that sinners are not unbelievers. <laughs> They're just sinners. Only believers can have unbelief. I believe in it, but it's not that much. He said, no, you got, you got to believe in it. Even though, I mean, remember, if we are born again children of God, then, then we, as we are the best evidence of knowing what we have done, and we are the best testimony of the evidence of the shed blood of Jesus that we've never seen, we've never touched, but we believe with all our heart has not only forgiven us of our sins, but has completely cleansed us and washed it all away. Now, I don't know about you, but if he can do that with somebody like me, I believe he can touch a boy like that. And we forget that. So he says, you're a believer in some things, but an unbeliever in others. 
You got just enough faith to get you into heaven, but you don't have enough faith that the same God of heaven is the same God that's right here on this earth and can do this. We got to fix that. Okay? So, so, so the faithless generation is the unbelieving generation. An unbelieving generation. I got some word locked up in me. I'm telling you, is it going to be this week or next week? I'm on this Nehemiah thing I want to get back on. I don't know if I, I'm going to try to do that, but I'm telling you, we, we got to understand that, that the conditions are right. If the church can just get their act together, we're going to see God do everything. We're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. So this, this unbelieving thing here. So anyway, let's get the mustard seed. I just went over that. Mustard seed grows into a large shrub. I taught that. Mountain. I love this one. Mountain. A mountain. So he says here, he says, I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard, you will say to this mountain. Now in the Bible, the Bible's full of, uh, of, 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 of symbols. You, 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 the Bible loves to use symbols. You see a dove, you think of what? Holy Spirit, you know, think, think of water, you think of the cleansing. I mean, you go all through different symbols, the cross, obviously, salvation. Anyway, just go through all kinds of things, time to get all these symbols. A symbol, for, a symbol for mountains in the Bible is always a kingdom. Is a kingdom. So now when we look at this and we read this, we can say, because you're unbelief, but surely I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this kingdom, remove from there, and it will move. If you're sick, if you're being tormented by devils, if you're being tormented by, by darkness, by fear, doubt, unbelief, addictions, depression, whatever it is, it's a kingdom, and it's not the kingdom of God. So he says... If you have just a little bit of faith, then you have mountain moving faith, which brings the power of God's kingdom right here on earth. We got to have faith that we believe that whatever people are going through, including yourself, that we got enough faith that we can move one kingdom out of the way. And usher in another kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. If you got enough faith, you can walk into that rebellious teenager's room as soon as you leave here and say, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of rebellion, kingdom of addiction, you got to go. And in your place is going to come the kingdom of God. And I believe it with all my heart, soul, might, and strength. Now, I'm not asking you. I'm commending it now in Jesus' name. Who said that? Who said that? Who? Well, I got eight people here who knows who Jesus is. I'm going on the wrong topic tonight. Who said this? Y'all got to speak his name. You better know he's the one that does it. He has given us the power to remove one kingdom and usher in another one. Not with Billy Ground faith. But the dude that got saved Sunday morning's faith. 
house. We're at the threshold. And all we're doing is looking over. I'm going to push your ends into it. If that's what I got to do. I'm not a pusher by trade. I'm a puller. There's a difference. I mean, you push somebody, they might not want to be there. If you're a puller, that means they're, you're, just, you're just dragging somebody who don't know how to get there, but they're hanging on with everything they got. Huh? I got some. That's why I love this Wednesday night crowd. Y'all are, y'all are, we pull. I'm up here, just pulling you in. Pull you in, Dale. You know, like we're working on that rope. All you got to do is hang on. You got to want to. Right? I don't know where we're going, Pastor, but I'm hanging on. I don't know what we're going to do when we get there, but I'm going to hang on. I don't know how to get there, so I'm going to let you just drag me. I don't care. I'm just going to just drag me into it. Amen? Amen. Boy, this is, this, is, this is just good. This is good. You better write this down and take notes, take a picture and everything else. I sure, if you have faith... I mean, we, we love, I mean, we build entire, we build entire sermons off of the mustard seed. We bring mustard seed. We show them everything else. And we miss the most powerful point. You can say that this kingdom moved from here to there. Get out of my way. I'm tired of dealing with you, generational girl. Grandma dealt with this. Her mama dealt with this. My aunt's dealt with this. My uncle's dealt with this. I got a cousin and my son has the, is starting to show evidence of him. I'm here to tell you right now in Jesus' name, it stops here. You got to believe that. Because you go to a certain church or, or you pray a certain way or you, you believe to get, man, you just believe by faith it can happen. And now God's saying, man, if you just, if you just allow me to baptize you with everything that I have, then you are, you are now have a prerequisite at any time that kind of supernatural faith would come upon you. Every day you used to wake up and, and dread that day because you don't know the hell you got to endure. Then one day that same alarm clock goes up in that same bed and your head on that same pillar. And when you cut off that same alarm clock and lift your same head off of that same pillar, you stand up and you see everything totally different. And you say the same hell you've been given to me. I'm here to tell you, devil, today it's over. I'm removing that kingdom and telling you, you got to go from here to there. I don't give a grip where there is, but it's not here. Well, that sounds militant. You better believe that's militant. Mama and daddy ain't playing anymore. Hmm? That's just faith. In the Aramaic, which is what the actual translation is, is in, it actually this, nothing will be impossible for you. It, it literally, here's what it means. Nothing is higher or stronger than you. Hmm? Jesus spoke Aramaic. He was a smart man. He was a, he was a high-level rabbi. The actual language there obviously was Greek, but uh, around there, but most of Romans speak Aramaic. This was in Aramaic. In Aramaic, what Jesus says, after you have the faith to believe that this kingdom has removed and another kingdom comes, you believe, you're saying that by faith, believing there's nothing higher or stronger than you. Not because of who you are, but because whose you are. 
See, if you believe you're defeated before you even walk on the field, I mean, just, just hand them the trophy for goodness sake. Right? But no, he says, wait a minute. You're, you're higher and stronger than, than, than they are. Why? Because you got faith. <laughs> you just believe he can do it. Right? I just believe he could, you know. <laughs> People can say a lot about, about, about Lancaster on the 17, the corner of 17 and Redbud, but one thing they can't, can't say that that old crazy rascal, he just believes God can do it, do it all. He just can do it. He can just do it. I don't know how, when, or where, but get ready. He's going to do it. Right? Okay. See why I didn't, I didn't have six minutes to do this last week. <laughs> See why now? I mean, it'd been like 8-12 we've been here running around. And, and anyway, that's the reason why. I like this one. James 5-14. You get anything out of that one? Well, clap. Do something out like you did. Good night. I like a little bit of information. I don't need a whole lot, but just <laughs> like you... 514, James 514. I mean, God's word, man, it is so, so cool. 14, now this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen? And if we know that he hears us, I'm in the wrong one. That's a good scripture, guys, but it's the wrong one. I was about to preach. I was like, where the heck is that coming from? James, he's like, wait a minute, he's got a trick Bible. I want his Bible. I was trying to tell you about James 5.13. Is anyone suffering? Here's what, I know it's 14 in your notes. But watch this. Is anyone, again, we're talking about the faith, and people getting healed, the faith of others on behalf of the afflicted. Look at this one. Is any among you suffering? Another King James says afflicted. If you're going through something, let him pray. Then verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray. Houston, we need to deal with that because we got an issue up here. Some has to pray themselves and the other one has to pray, call on the elders and let them pray. So, so watch this. And the Bible's very, is very explicit here on it. So let's look at 14. Is any among you sick? Let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him. So again, this is the, this is the, the faith of the ones doing the, doing the prayer or the, or, or, or the ones that are believing for the one that is sick. Anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. I, I don't have time to deal with that. And the prayer what? Prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. Just because the ones that are sick, they're sick. Sickness can come upon you. I think Kim may mention that Sunday. Nothing can dismantle you like sickness. Nothing can just drain you of it. Oh, you, you believe you're the only way to heaven. I mean, you're, you're there. But I'll be honest with you. You just, sickness will suck you in to a rut that you, all you can see is, in a rut, is a grave with no ends. 
It's a grave, man. You just, it, it, you just, it, a rut becomes a grave when you, when you block off the two winds. Now, that's what a rut is. You, you just there, man. You just, you just, you just successfully submerging, just waiting for it to happen because this sickness, this, this heart disease, this cancer, this diabetes, this, you know, whatever it is you want to name to it. And man, and it has sucked you down to such a place that you can come to the house of God, which you believe for. And there are elders, there are men and women of God who's going to anoint you with oil, who's going to pray over you and their faith can break its power and you can be healed. It's the prayer of faith. Not with the one that is sick. I just told you they're in a rut. They're in a grave that has no ends. They just completely stay in it. And you can get around some Bible believing spirit filled people that believe that God that they can walk in the manifestations of God. Because they believe in the manifestations of God. And all you are is you're just stuck in this rut. And their, and their prayer, Miss Sturzel, can see them through. You've seen it hundreds of times. Amen? I was raised in churches like that. 35 or 40 in the whole congregation. About, about four old women. One of my grandmas sitting on the front row up there that... They open their pocketbooks and get their handkerchief out. Demons just begin to shimmer. Now, now here's the reason why I brought this up, and then we got to, we've got to be done. But, but don't misconstrue the verse 13. Is any among you suffering? The word suffering there is afflicted. That's where you don't have a sickness. You're just dealing with some stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the enemy is afflicting you. He's affecting you. He's, he's trying your faith. He's putting thoughts in your head. You're struggling. Other than that, you're healthy. But he's trying to drag you in that rut. You're not there yet, but you're going through some stuff. You don't drag to the church. Call upon the elders and say, y'all got to anoint me. Like it. Uh-uh. The Bible says what? What do you need to do? Start praying, sisters. Start praying, brothers. That's not the time to roll over and say, you got me. That's the time to open up your mouth and say, God, I need you. God, I'm in a struggle. I'm in a battle. I'm in a fight. This thing ain't even fair right now, God. And I can't do this on my own, God. But you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You said you will be with me always to the end of the earth. And God, I need you to touch me. I need you to give me the strength. I need supernatural faith right now, God. I don't need a preacher. I don't need a song. I don't need a sermon. I need you. Shut up. We don't pray like that anymore. We're just dragging here and flop down. Like a fish we drug out of the ocean. And just... Suck in our mouth till we take our last breath. It might be your last breath, but you better use it calling upon the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, prayer is the outcome 
of the presence of Jesus on the inside of us. Put your pad and pencil up. Y'all better get that mess out. I'm not done. I got one more minute. (laughs) Prayer is the outcome of the presence of God, Jesus, Jesus, living on the inside of you. Remember I told you, you're a Christian. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. You're not praying because you just, be honest with you, you want to. You're praying because greater is he that is in you than he is after you. And prayer is an outgrowth. Just like holiness. If we can start talking about, talking about outgrowth, talking about holiness, we, you know, we want to get people, you know, back in the day when we go to holiness churches, they didn't want people to come into church because their dress was too, too high and their cleavage was too low or I don't know, whatever that means. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you know, men do what are their problems and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you can't, you, you can't change that because, because those kind of things is an outgrowth of what's on the inside of you. See, the devil works from the outside in. God works from the inside out. Once he gets your insides fit, you start seeing the, out, the outgrowth of it. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is an outgrowth of the presence of God on the inside of you or Jesus then in you. So anyway, I, I, I just I don't know why I said that. That's just, well, I, I, so you know. And so does everybody understand? So, so now does everybody understand what um, the difference between 13 and 14 is? I've been, I've been in both of them. When I had a heart attack in 2015 after preaching a message, for goodness sake, walk out, I walk into my car, and down to, the, down to the ground I go. God delivered me through that, which you didn't think was going to happen. But, man, it was the weeks and months after that, I was in a rut. I needed, and which y'all, y'all did, I needed, I needed, I needed the elders of the church. There's, there's it. I've also been at a place to where, be honest with you, your prayers weren't going to help me today. I got to storm the gates of, of heaven on my own. We got to be like Moses whenever he, he was around, you know, two million uh, of his church members. And he called out, he says, hey, God, hear, hear me, God. Hear me now, God. I need you. So, and most of the time we live, most of the time I, I, I haven't been in that place where I needed, where I needed, um, thank God, James 5.14. Thank God many times. But there was a many a time I did James 5.13. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And we'll, so we'll start off on C, the faith of the one who's anointed to heal. You can go home for homework and read Acts 3, 1 and 10. That's pretty cool. That's when Peter and John came to the man at gate called beautiful. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. It's faithful and true. It will not return to you void. It would do what you said it would do. I pray tonight, God, for a baptism of faith. Oh, that'll just fall over this congregation, Lord. Over every ear that hears. And God, every eye that saw today what it is I'm speaking, Lord. Father, a baptism of faith. Baptize us in faith, Lord. 
that we believe, Lord, like we never believed before, that we will not walk with unbelief, but, God, we will believe that you would do what you said you can do, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.